Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 135, and we're going to keep on going through the Gospel of John. But first, we're going to talk about the intensive. I'm going to give you kind of a list of what to bring, what to expect, that kind of thing. And then we'll get into it. And i got to tell you about the turkey I got this week. Let's go ahead and pray, ask for the Lord's help, and then we'll, we'll get into all the content today. Father, we just thank you for this time. I just ask that this would be a good time telling stories and, and also just preparing people for, of what to bring for the, for the intensive. And then as we get into John chapter 9, also I pray that we just be better men. I pray you'd help us to be Christ-like. <clears throat> And that you would challenge us and encourage us today. I trust that you're going to do that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I hope you're doing well. Last week, I, I talked about the whole turkey incident, missing a turkey from about 25 yards away. Well, I went out again this week. It was Monday or Tuesday morning, I believe. And I got my first turkey. My buddy Brandon helped me out and showed me the ropes. And, and really, we went in several different places First place we went on his property, we only saw one hen that flew down, and then we just kept driving around looking, <clears throat> and we tracked a couple toms down, and I was able to get one of them. So it was pretty special. I went home, and the boys were really impressed. We, you know, had this uh, back and forth ransom and I did because ransom kept saying that I wasn't going to get a turkey, and you know I go out every time, pretty much every time I go out to get a get a deer here in Southern Illinois, I've gotten a deer. I've gotten three deer. I've been out in a deer stand I think seven times, so it's pretty high percentage. And I see deer almost every time that I'm out. But with turkey, it's different. I've been out seven or eight times. I've seen them, but haven't got one. And so I got one this time, and we went and plucked it and did all of that, got the guts out of it, and then got it wrapped up and put it in the freezer, and so we're ready for Thanksgiving. And then I got a turkey fryer for, for my mom last Thanksgiving or last uh, Christmas, so I've got that turkey fryer ready, and so we're going to have some wild turkey for Thanksgiving this year. Pretty excited about it. And it was neat. I tell you, I missed this turkey the first time, and I, I I pumped it, cocked it, and then it was running in the woods 25 yards away, and I actually got it on the second shot. And so, I mean, it was a wild thing. It was already running the first time because we spooked it. And so it was shooting a turkey on the run, and apparently that's a pretty hard thing to do. So I think the shot was kind of like a one in a thousand thing. So I'd been praying, you know, God, help me get a turkey, and I got one. So it was pretty fun. Um, all right. Now, from turkey hunting to the intensive, I am putting together right now a PDF to be able to give out to, I think it's 30, I think we've got 30 guys now that's going to the intensive, that have confirmed going to the intensive. And so we had a really great group. The first year was three years ago, and we had four guys that went on this trip. And it was an introductory trip where we were just kind of, you know, in this inaugural event, you're just kind of trying to figure things out. And we learned a lot of things. Uh, I got a ticket for having a, a a late tag on my on my Jeep, um, but we had a really good time that first year. The second year, we, we went with 17 men, and we had a modified trip, and then this year, we're modifying the trip again, just because there were things that happened last year, if you've heard the stories, that could have been avoided if we just knew a little bit more, and we have, to, we have that information now, and we're going to have a base camp, and so if you come, if you're registered already, <clears throat> your food is covered, your lodging is covered. But we are going to need you to bring a tent, you're going to need a backpack, you're going to need uh, no food, but if you want to do any kind of snacks or anything like that, you can bring some snacks. We'll have all of that there, even snacks for the river. But if you want to bring something for yourself, you certainly can. And then, 
you just need to bring changes of clothes. You'll need a pocket knife if you want to bring your knife. Uh, you can bring, if you carry, you can bring your gun. Um, we're going to just really have a good time hanging out together. I've got smokes for people. i got cigars for, for folks. And so the, the swag bag is going to be pretty sweet, I think. So when you come, the first thing you're going to get when you register is a dry bag. We all needed dry bags last year because a lot of our stuff ended up in the river. You're going to get a hat like this. And this is kind of the, the hat with the patch. And then the, the patch, this is the first, uh, this is kind of like the trial run with the hat. So it's going to be up, the patch will be up about an eighth of an inch. But this will be the hat you get. You're going to get a few shirts from Zero Mile Mark. It's a friends of our friends of ours that run an outfit down in Florida, and they're a really great outfitter company. And, and I'm just friends with the with the owner there, and they have some shirts that they sent up to us. So we're going to give you out give out a couple shirts. So you'll get actually I'm wearing it right now. A couple different colors. You'll you'll have two options or four options for colors. Zero Mile Mark shirts. <clears throat> then you're going to get um, on top of that. You're going to get well, goodness, guys, I've forgotten all the swag. Um, hat, uh, dry bag, cigar, and a couple other things. I can't even remember now, but it's going to be a pretty good deal. So we want you to come. I'm putting together right now a <clears throat> what to bring PDF, and that will be going out and available for you here in a couple days. Actually, it'll probably be out available today. I'll probably try to put it in the show notes at some point, but we would love for you to come. If you've just been thinking about coming it's two days on the river. We're going to do a 14-mile float on Wednesday and an 8-mile float on Thursday. Tuesday night, we're going to be doing a session on God and government. And over the next two days, we'll be doing three more sessions on God and government. Lane Harrison is going to be doing a majority of that teaching. He is a pastor in Missouri, friend of mine, former Acts 29 pastor. And he's just a guy that loves Jesus. And I tell you, he's been preaching faithfully for a long time. He pastors Life Point Church. They're bringing down a team of guys from there. And he's been studying a lot about God and government, as have many of you, I realize. But he did a series last year at his church that was helpful. And I think you guys are going to really like it. It's going to be really equipping intensive. And like I, with anything that we do with the Shepherd's Crook, I want this to be helpful for you. I don't want it to be a waste of time. I want it to be action-packed with the event, at which it will be. But I also want it to be impactful for you content-wise. I don't want to waste your time with content either. So I don't want you to just come and have a good time. I want you to come and worship the Lord together with a group of guys, with a good group of guys. And then I want it to be a really helpful uh, and encouraging, challenging time for you. So you're going back where you just you had a great time, but you're also you know equipped to face 2021 and 2022 and all the things that are coming down the pipeline, most likely, with the government. And so you're going to be really, really encouraged, I think. Okay. John chapter 9, we've been going through the Gospel of John, and we're getting pastoral lessons from these different pictures that we get from Jesus. And the majority of the conversation that happens in John chapter 9 here is with the man who was healed, who was born blind, he was healed by Jesus, and then the Pharisees came along, and these uh, this group of Jews that came along, and they were asking questions to the man who was born blind about how he was healed, and, and they didn't believe that he was actually blind from birth, and so they go and talk to his parents. And it's a really interesting scene because at the very beginning, we're told uh, as he passed by, Jesus passed by, he saw a man born uh, blind from birth. His disciples ask him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus brings a corrective word. We know this, we preach this, we've been encouraged and challenged by this, especially with people who have uh, been sick in our congregations or if you've been sick personally. This isn't some sort of uh, retribution. It's not some sort of uh, retaliation um, th that this man was sick. It was for a very specific purpose, and Jesus tells us uh, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but the works of God might be displayed in him. So 
this man was born blind specifically, that he would later be healed of this blindness, and then people would believe in him. Specifically, this man would believe in him. But also, uh, just like the work of Christ, the work of Christ comes along. And you've heard the quote before, I think it was attributed to Spurgeon, that the same sun that melts the ice hardens the clay. You see a melting of the ice and a hardening of the clay here in John chapter 9. Because this was happened. This happened on Sabbath, and Jesus did his works on Sabbath often. And it's interesting that he does that because it brings so much anger from the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders because of Jesus doing his work on the Sabbath or healing on the Sabbath. The fact that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath and that Sabbath is not made for man, or man was not made for Sabbath, but Sabbath for man, is something that enraged the disciples of Moses, who had twisted the teachings of Moses beyond, you know, by adding the Talmud and the Mishnah and holding to the traditions of man. And Jesus came along and didn't care about the traditions of man. He didn't go along with their, uh, he didn't go along with their man-made doctrine or teaching. He went along with the words and the commandments of God. And so this conversation begins to happen between the Jewish leaders and this blind man, formerly blind man. And they end up talking to him, and he asks them, do you want to become his disciples? Because he's curious as to why they keep coming to him. His parents, the blind man's parents, didn't want to talk to these Jewish leaders because they had already been told that they're going to be kicked out of the synagogue if they believe in Jesus. So they were afraid of these leaders. They were afraid of Christ. They were afraid to be his disciples because they were scared of men. And so they it actually says, because they feared the Jews, in verse 22, already because they had already agreed that anyone should confess Christ, or confess Jesus to be the Christ, that he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore his parents said to him, he's of age, ask him. And so this man, the blind man, is having this conversation, and he asked them explicitly, do you also want to become his disciples? Now listen to this, verse 28. And they reviled him, saying, you are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. Now it's interesting to me, because they claim to be disciples of Moses. But in reality, they were disciples of the traditions and the commandments of men. That's what the Mishnah and that's what the Talmud are. It is laws that are built around the law of God, and these laws are intended to be kept so that they would keep the law of God. And adding to the law of God never, ever helps you keep the law of God. In fact, we know that Jesus is the great commandment keeper. He kept the very law of God. And as he's keeping the law of God, he's breaking the commandments of men. And there's a way to obey God and disobey men, and disobey men, and disobey social norm, or you know the commandments that these Jewish people had, and we see that this enraged the Jewish people, it enraged the Jewish leaders. So they said, "We're disciples of Moses, and we know that God has spoken through Moses." But from this man, we don't know where he comes from. Now, this is the the melting of the ice. This is the same sun that melts the ice, hardens the clay, and we see the melting of the ice right in front of us. Verse thirty. The man answered. Why, this is an amazing thing. You don't know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world has begun has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. The blind man, the uneducated blind man, the man who is blind from birth, is teaching the religious leaders in Jerusalem. Don't you love this? I love it. He is teaching them, and, it, and they don't like it at all. They hate They hate it. This is an encounter with Jesus. You meet a man from God. He doesn't know all the details about Jesus. We find that out here in a minute. He doesn't know he's the Son of Man. He hasn't believed in Jesus yet, and yet Jesus has healed him. And so they answer him. The religious leaders say to him, You were born in utter sin, and you would teach us? 
So they, we're not talking about original sin here. They were disagreeing with what Jesus said at the beginning of the chapter when the disciples asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, it wasn't that he sinned or that his parents sinned. And yet they here, they say, you were born in utter sin and you would teach us. So they're going in exact opposition of Jesus. And then they cast him out. Now Jesus, hearing that they cast him out, Jesus does what Jesus does. He went and found the man. This is very similar to John chapter 5. He went and found the man, and he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered him, And who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and he it is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. The man worshipped him. He was healed, and now he is a worshipper of the Most High God. He's worshipping Jesus himself. And Jesus said, For judgment I came to this world. Those who do not see may see, and those who may see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? And Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. This is the, the you know, truly upside-down way of the kingdom. Jesus said that he came, that those who claim to see may become blind. And that those who are actually blind may see. There are those in this world who think that they know the truth. In fact, they may, through common grace, know some aspects of the truth. But if you know some aspects of the truth and miss that you need Jesus, miss that that you have sinned against a holy God, then the truth can come along and you can so be caramelized and so hardened to the truth that you shut your eyes to Jesus and you push him away and you're actually enraged at the God-man. And this is what we see in John chapter 9. You see, a simple man, blind from birth, wasn't educated. He enraged those who thought they had nothing to learn from him. And Jesus said, actually, I came for men just like this, who knew that they were blind, not just physically, but spiritually. And he did it on the Sabbath. And those who didn't have ears to hear, those who didn't have eyes to see, they were hardened even further. And guys, if we're going to be proclaimers of the truth, heralds of the truth, this is what we have to get used to. It's not... It's not that, uh, um, that if we say the truth in a certain way or even do amazing deeds, if God brings healing through our hands into the, into the lives of people, that same healing, you would think, would be this you know, evangelistic tool and everybody's going to look at it and think, this is amazing, we're all going to bow down and worship the Most High God. And it just doesn't happen that way. This man healed after being blind from birth. And even with that, you have people who hate Jesus because of it people that are enraged, people that want to mock the man who is healed of being blind. And so the same sun that melts the ice hardens the clay. And this is life. This is ministry of Jesus. And pastor, this is going to be your life. This is going to be your ministry as well. If you don't, if you fear men, then you're going to be afraid and you're going to be crushed every time somebody is upset with you or somebody walks away or somebody rejects the truth. And for pastors, we just have to get used to that. We have to get used to people rejecting the truth right in front of them. We got to pray for them. We got to be grieved by it, even, but we can't be shocked by it. We have to expect it. Guys, I hope you have a great week. And I hope as you proclaim the truth, we get to see a lot more of the ice being melted more than the clay being hardened. Because obviously, we want to see people meet Jesus. We want to see the, the work of God go forward. But regardless, either way, guys, this week, no matter what kind of season you're in in ministry, keep your head up. God's for you, Christ is for you, and press on. Keep doing what God has called you to do. And, uh, and really just watch them work. Hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. 
You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.